Hello, and thank you for joining this episode of CC Said That, the podcast. Oh my word, I want to talk about my newest poetry anthology, Also Woman, Poetry for Humans Born of Woman, and specifically I wanted to start with a piece called Mute, because I wanted to get to be the behind the bars on that piece, and I just kind of wanted to do it here. I don't necessarily want it to be something that's um, broadcast necessarily but if you find it here I'm so happy you're here so mute has a special place in my heart that I will tell you all about after I recite a little bit of it for you is that all right can I can I do a little bit of it for you okay if you're still here that means yes the poem's called mute and it goes we mourn the emotions buried and masked beneath mute tongues maybe If we had thrown ourselves on the casket, a tragic cabinet of questions hung open wouldn't have unhinged us. Maybe if the flowers had come sooner, the doors we could pass through would be as welcoming as inviting in writing we could say the things. In private, the things would say our names. In silence, they would perish in a well-mud Deep in wishes, our morning isn't black enough. I'll stop there. The piece came out of the experience of my life, as all my pieces do. And here's what I was going through. I, as most of you know, if you know me, have been making radical changes to my personality through personal study of the Bible. And understanding who I am and who I want to be and closing the gap, uh, even as I continue to move the bar (laughs) on that, has been quite a journey. I was at a place where I was feeling an overwhelm, frustration, abandon, loss, injustice, uh, bred mistrust. And I needed to disconnect from those very defensive and hard places and reestablish and reassert that I am, I belong, and I'm okay. So wanderlust is how it presented. And I don't normally secede and uh, run off and, and, and indulge in escapism. I'll escape into a book, no doubt. But... Normally, if I get wanderlust really bad, I, I will work through or sit with the problem until it's over. But this time it was leading to the cliff of existential dread, and I, I didn't want that. So I messaged a friend, a brilliant, talented, accomplished artist named Leonard Chong. And I said, hey, is your congregation warm? Are they nice? Because one thing about me, if you don't know nothing about me, wherever I go, I'm going with God and I'm coming back with God, okay? So I'm going to worship where I get to whenever I get there. And he's like, yeah, are you you trying to come visit? Um, My aunt generously offered you can stay at her place. When are you coming? I hadn't even thought that far ahead, you guys. (laughs) I hadn't even thought that far ahead. I wasn't even sure I was going yet. I, I didn't. I was carried by a momentum is what I'm saying. I was carried by a momentum. And this is the way that my father does me. I don't know how he treats you, but this is how it works for me. I get steamrolled by the tsunami of blessing and things just opening up where I'm just carried along. And I was like, 
yeah, I guess, I guess, hold on. Let me look. Let me, let me find a flight. Let me, let me book a flight. And, um, this is when I discovered that flights have, uh, layaway after play, after pay or Klarna or whatever it was. And I was like, oh no, y'all should not have let me find this out. Right. So I book a flight for like two months <laughs> to LA from Charlotte. Charlotte Douglas International Airport is the biggest theft, uh, robbery, grand larceny. They don't care about budgets. They don't want people coming or going from this city, I promise. At any rate, I got added to a group chat with these beautiful young people who are planning all these adventures for me in LA. I'd never been to LA except for a layover. So I was very pleased. And connecting with Leonard's aunt and his mother and his family was a part of the journey that really fed into this poem that was already making itself. It was already writing itself in my head on the flight. On the flight, I was indulging in a book. As I am want to do, because that's my business. I was reading a book about a woman and her, her history. It was kind of a historical fiction, I guess. And this woman was Chinese-American Cuban. No, Chinese-American Chilean. And what had occurred is that her maternal grandparents had married. And although it was highly scandalous in the period of time that this book was uh, set in, they had found a home in Chinatown in L.A. The grandfather was Chinese and the grandmother was a white woman whose father was a sailor and he was so sophisticated and so worldly and so grounded a man that he was in support of something that would have otherwise been snubbed and and outright opposed, maybe even violently, maybe even lethally opposed. Um, And I admired that man, even though there are very few words about him in the book. So anyhow, the daughter that was produced of that union was described as this most beautiful woman And beauty being her only attribute, she fell for the worst kind of man. He was lascivious, promiscuous, and um, all the things that go with being much too spoiled. And he used her grievously with no intent of ever loving her knowing full well that she had deep love for him and even in her death had such a great love for him however his cousin who had not come from such privilege who had arrived from chile with very little and was kind of adopted by the older uh, cousin's family he actually did love the woman the biracial woman And he adopted her child that she had with his cousin. And even in death, even though she still loved his cousin, he still loved her so much that he brought this child back home with him and took care of her. So here was this this little baby uh, whose mother had passed away, who's this great beauty, and the child is not raised to know anything about the circumstances of her death. It's erased from her. And the struggle that that presents for her is something that I can relate to. 
I have the privilege of having had my great-grandmother alive well into my 20s, almost 30. No, she was alive when I was 30. I got married, she was still living. She had dementia or starting to have dementia at that time, but she was very much alive. At any rate, there would be times when I would come to visit her and she would start to speak too freely and she would calm herself. She would retreat and recoil all the memories and history that she thought wasn't a becoming conversation. Can you relate to that? Have you had conversations with your ancestors that are living? And just pay attention to the part where they leave things out because they're hurtful and they want to protect you and they love you. Not because they want to keep you from the truth per se, but because the truth is very hard and because the truth is embarrassing. It's shameful. It's difficult to swallow. And that is the headspace that I was in when I arrived in LA and met my beautiful friends, the Chong family, and got to understand that this, this muted voice is not particular to any ethnicity, nationality of people. Um, we can talk about this later, but I believe race is a myth, so you won't hear me address it as if it's a fact. But ethnic and national markers they're real, so okay, we'll go with that. And hearing their story and knowing my story, this piece was born. And it speaks to how things might seem crass, behaviors might seem crass, like throwing yourself on a casket, or they may seem too simple, too reductive. Send the flowers already. But those things provide us with an opportunity to ventilate a feeling, a story, the story of our feelings that needs to be out here for us all to have the healing that we need to stay connected to one another the way we should. And without them, humanity has suffered a greater loss than the death of that person in many ways because death is not an end-all, be-all situation. But the loss of that story and the things that you'll suffer for not knowing that story, that preventative, entirely preventative cancer of voided history, that's something you can't undo, right? And that's time you can't get back. And those are uh, connections that you could have had for so much longer and, and the things you could have if you had had those stories connecting you and yes right now I am visualizing Super Mario Brothers and I'm visualizing Mario jumping from block to block and those stories for me represent the space between those blocks because what if Mario didn't have to jump so hard what if he didn't have to jump so high what if he didn't have to get that mushroom to fly because there were stories that connected him higher and higher and better okay I digress and yes I'm a little bit of a geek and so there we are. But yeah, so Mute was born. And I got to spend some time with my beautiful friends, the Chongs, and enjoying Leonard's craft. His violin led me to the courage to ask him, have you ever composed music before? And he said, no, 
yet, but I'll try. And he wanted to know some of the things that I'm telling you now about the piece. What what was the motivator behind the piece? What are the feelings? And I said, I want you to interpret it. I can tell you that, but I'd rather you interpret it. And oh my God, did he. I'm so pleased with the music that he created for this piece. And even more pleased to announce that he has said that we can actually publish it as a single that I will make available to my subscribers on ccsaidthat.com. I know, I was supposed to have done the audiobooks by now. I'm sorry, I just hate the sound of my own voice. So anyway, <laughs> I know, I know, I'm sorry. I it, It's a thing, it's a problem, I'm sorry. But it's such an honor that he has said that we can record this piece and make it available to you. And so as soon as I get all the details of technicality worked out, that will happen. Guys, let me tell you what happened when we get together on Zoom. First of all, before that, let me back up because I'm speedballing. Leonard sends me the recording of the piece. He sends me the instrumentals and then he sends me the mashup of my voice recording and his music. And the way he plays to the feeling. Have you ever met someone who feels in music? Have you? Or somebody who feels in colors? That's the thing about art for me that makes it different from just any other mechanical operation. When your feelings are expressed in paint, in words, in music, in food, when your feelings are in that thing, that thing is in your feelings. And there is no separation between the man and the music for this piece. I am so proud of this piece. I haven't memorized a poem in 20-odd years. And that is another story for another day. But I was able to successfully reconnect to those synapses for myself. I was able to give myself back the storytelling voice to, to recite that piece with Leonard's music. Yes, I botched it a few times, but thankfully he's patient. But... <laughs> You can't know what that feels like to have that voice taken from me by something that hurt so bad and have it given back to me as something that that was essentially the entire point of the piece. To have that back, to have me be made whole through my voice, through the story. So yeah, that's a bit about Mute. And yeah, there's more. There's always more. There's always some intentionality to the piece. But you can find that piece in my new anthology, also Woman, Poetry for Humans Born of Woman. And I hope you'll enjoy it. I keep it positively personal here. So I hope you have a positive experience with this podcast and that you join me back here next week. And yes, I'm going to try to get back on schedule. Also, please forgive me. Charge it to my flesh and not my heart. Girls, be tired, okay? Girl, be tired. But, um... Yeah, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep consistency as a goal. Thank you so much for being here. Be easy.